All right, before I get to my next guest, Andy Trainer, I want to remind you about our good friends over at the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. Now, folks, if you haven't hit Ben Hogan Iron since maybe the 80s or the 90s, do yourself a favor. They've got a demo iron program where they'll send you one so you can check it out and compare it to whatever it is you have. So you can check out their Fort Worth PTX, the new PTX Pro irons, which are fantastic. They're edge irons as well, and you can take those out, compare it to whatever it is you've got. All of their irons and wedges are handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. So there's no mass production, no shortcuts. You can order custom-made irons, wedges, and hybrids by going online to BenHoganGolf.com. And again, they're going to build those clubs to your specification. And oh, oh, by the way, best of all, charge you a fraction of the typical retail price. So check out their complete line of forged irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, bags, accessories, and their new GS53 driver and fairway woods. Look fantastic. Go online to BenHoganGolf.com and check them out for yourself. All right, folks. Now back and joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Andy Trainer. Let me give you a little bit of background on Andy. He is a Level 3 Plain Truth Certified Instructor and a Trackman Master Professional at Plain Truth Golf Academy down at the courses at Waters, uh, Waters Creek in Plano, Texas. He coaches one of the top 30 women amateur players ranked in the country. He works alongside Chris O'Connell, who happens to coach Matt Kuchar, Hunter Mahan, Gavin Green, and uh, my next guest, Ted Purdy. And, uh, you know, Andy's done a fantastic job. He's been a great guest over the years. Can't thank him enough for his time and coming back and joining me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Andy, how are you, my friend? Hey, Chris, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm good, thank you. Um, up in New York at the moment, my daughter and her husband are over from uh, from Europe where they live in Italy. Um, so, uh if there's any background noise, I apologize because I've just walked out of the restaurant <laughs> and, um, and I'm standing outside. I'll, I'll try to keep this as, as, as quiet as I can. <laughs> I appreciate the effort, Andy. So it's been a little while, my friend. Uh, haven't had an opportunity to catch up so far this year. Catch us up. What's been going on with you this year? Uh, same, same old, same old, Chris. Um, working with, uh, players from, um, from complete beginners through to, some of the the very best players out there um and enjoying every every moment of it um so thankful to work uh, at plain truth golf academy in dallas uh with my colleagues there uh, chris o'connell jake sandusky and, and joe brown and andy as i mentioned a moment you're a level three plain truth certified instructor talk about what plain truth is and what the teaching process is all about so plain truth um was was started Basically, by Jim Hardy and Chris O'Connell. Jim Hardy has been a is is a Hall of Fame uh, instructor, most been the best instructor I've ever seen. I mean, sometimes I think that I'm good, and then then I see what Jim does, and and then it's when I think I'm not so good. Um, but Jim um, first wrote his book, I think, back in early part of the century. Um, that sounds a long time ago now, doesn't it? That's terrible to say that, but. Um, Plain Truth for Golfers, where he basically identified there two types of golf swing, a one-plane golf swing and a two-plane golf swing. Um, groundbreaking book at the time, still fantastic. And then from there, um, Jim and Chris started doing instructor certifications uh, for anyone who, who wanted to, to understand what they were doing. Um, Plain Truth Golf is all about uh, improving impact and ball flight. Um, so although people think that we are teaching one and two playing golf swings we are we're working around that but we're improving um impact and ball flight for every person that stands in front of us 
We don't believe that you should get worse to get better. We think that if you can understand impact, then go ahead and improve that impact and subsequently the ball flight as a result of that, that person should get better. Plain truth motto is hit the next ball better. Um, and that's hit the next ball better. Not hit the next ball perfect, hit the next ball better. Um, you know, if, if I was learning to play, let's say the piano, and I could go in, in for my piano lesson and, and I could play chopsticks, I wouldn't expect to walk out not being able to play chopsticks. I would kind of expect to, to play a little bit better than, than when I went in. And, and so for so long, golf instruction, um, has been about swing shape, um, It'll get better later on. Just keep doing this, keep, keep doing that. And, you know, it, it should get better immediately. If, if you can understand the impact in the ball flight, you should be able to make somebody better immediately. And Andy, you're also a TrackMan master professional. How do you take the TrackMan data and then sort of marry it up with the plain truth, you know, and, and the process that you're going there to help people with their swing? How do you marry up both of those things so that uh, students understand better not only what I need to improve on, but what I need to focus on when I'm either playing or out on the practice range. Well, where TrackMan has been so um, useful is it's making people understand what actually happens in a ball flight. So um, where, if you like, the, um, the contact point of the golf ball is and then the, um, the path relative to that contact point. And so, you know, once you completely understand um, the, if you like, the, the intricacies of, uh, contact and, and basically, um, the, where the club is moving in 3D relative to that contact. But now you can start to understand w- what's happening in a golf swing. And so without understanding ball flight, you can completely understand how to bring about change. Um, and so when I was playing golf, I, I didn't have, the right ideas about why I I was hitting a golf shot. And so when I stopped playing golf, I, I wanted to know, hey, was it me that just wasn't very good? Or was it the fact that, you know, I, I, what I was being told wasn't correct? And so I went out and um, just talked to as many people as I can. And, and kind of two things stood out for me. Um, it was track man when they could explain how a ball flies, why it flies that way. And, um, obviously through Frederick Tuxton's work, but probably even more important than that was, was meeting Jim Hardy and Chris O'Connell. Um, they kind of blew me away, um, just by answering some of my questions. And so I would, I mean, I was, uh, back in England at that time. And, um, so I would come over to the States as, as much as I can, uh, as much as I could just to, to keep basically getting everything I could from those two guys. And, and then subsequently I, uh, Chris asked me to come and work with him uh, in Dallas, and uh, it's been great. And speaking of Chris, Andy, you know, he, he works with guys like Matt Kuchar and Hunter Mahan, Gavin Green, a rising star on the women's amateur side, Alexa Pano, who we've gotten to know a little bit on this show, plus my next guest up, uh, Ted Purdy. So talk about what it's like working with Chris and being around guys like that. Uh, I mean, it's it's. Chris is a, a great guy. We are incredibly good friends. Um, and that's the, the, the first thing. And I think that we kind of bounce off each other a little bit. Some of the stuff that, that I bring to the table and, and then obviously everything that Chris brings to the table as well. And, and from that, from there, we can really start to, to, to help people, um, 
really I mean, improve their game to the next level. And, and no matter what level they're at, um, if you think what Chris has done for, for Matt Kuchar's game, Chris started working with Matt, I think it's 2006. Matt was, Matt wasn't on the tour. Um, he was, he'd lost his card at that point. And, and Matt now, you know, he's literally an ATM, isn't he? I mean, he's, I think he's had 90 plus top tens in his, in his career, which is crazy. And, you know, if you think about the people that have had all the top tens in their career, so they must be doing something correct. And they kind of, some of those people have some funny looking golf swings. Jim Furyk, Matt Kuchar, um, I'm just, I mean, feel even trying to think if Dustin Johnson is, is up there now. Um, but you know, some of the things that those people do are kind of some funky things in the golf swing, but they all make great impact and therefore they hit, um, re- repetitive, correct golf shots. I've got Ted Purdy coming up with me here in just a couple of minutes. Ted, what, Ted, what have Ted you seen about Ted. working with Ted? Ted, Ted might be the nicest person I've, I know. I mean, he, he's just such a great guy. Um, and when Chris, kind of Chris and Ted first got together, Ted was kind of, uh, it, it, he was off the tour. He'd lost his card. Um, it maybe, um, had some information that, that, that wasn't helping him. Um, and so everything about Ted has just been making him more correct, more repetitive. And uh, Ted, Ted can work incredibly hard. I mean, I, I, first time I ever worked with Chris and Ted just amazed me. I mean, I think we stood on the range for five hours hitting balls because he, he like, it was like a kid that's just got this new toy and, and he just didn't want to let it go. And then, me and Chris are looking at each other and going, is this guy, this guy ever going to stop? And he, he just wanted to hit balls so much. And Ted is so passionate about getting better. And, and as I said, might be the nicest guy you, you, you could ever meet. Great player. Um, it's tough once you come off the tour, getting your card, or you've lost your card, to get back out there. And uh, I mean, if Ted can get back out there, Ted, Ted, Ted will do well again because he's, I mean, he sent me a video last night and, and it's, that thing, that thing looks good. We can see the club face is so stable for impact. And, and he said he's in it good. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. What about Alexa Pano? She's a 14-year-old rising star on the women's amateur rankings. I've had the pleasure of talking with her and her father, Rick. Talk about what you're seeing from her game as you're watching her. Well, I mean, one of the things, I mean, and I haven't spent a lot of time around Alexa, but one of the things that, that, that struck me with Alexa is how mature she is. And there's a 14-year-old girl that, I mean, you would not believe that, that she's 14 with the questions she asks, with the way that she conducts herself. I mean, this is a girl that obviously you've already seen what she's done. And she was kind of obviously been doing well for a long, long time. But, you know, she is now starting to, again, get a very repetitive um, impact, very correct repetitive impact. And uh, I really do feel that, that she is going to go on to big things. And, and, and at this moment in time, I want to, Give a big shout out to her dad, Rick. I mean, wow. And he keeps that, uh, that girl grounded. I mean, she's a great girl. And, and some, I mean, that's a big shout out for him. Um, he, he really did surprise me. And I mean that in the nicest possible way that, that how, how he didn't get involved. You see some parents out there with their kids and, you know, they, they kind of, uh, they, they want to, they're, they're almost living their life through their kids and 
and ultimately that that doesn't generally end up well but man he, he just amazed me um and how well he's brought that that uh alexa up and how how just mature i mean you do not believe you're talking to a 14 year old girl with the questions she asked the way that she conducts herself she's going to go far and she's going to have a great career and you guys are also working with Tony Romo, who just uh, defended his title last weekend at the American Century Championship on the Celebrity Tour. What's it like working with Tony? What a great guy. Um, possibly the hardest working person that I've ever worked with. I mean, you can understand why Tony Romo got to the to the top of of, of football. I mean, I. I Growing up in England, I kind of didn't know much about American football. I still, I mean, I still call it American football, and that's slowly changing. So for everybody that's in the States listening to this, I apologize. It's football. And, um, you know, I, I've stood with, with Tony Romo in a, in 110 degrees heat, and he's hit balls for four hours, and I've stood with him in 20 degrees, and he's hit balls for four hours. That guy is so passionate about um, getting better, and... And he really is starting to get it. Um, he's one of the few people. I mean, obviously, to, to play two two sports, trying to play in two sports professionally. I mean, that's that, that doesn't happen many times. And I mean, obviously, age isn't isn't on his side, and he's playing catch up so much, and he understands that. And I, and I, and he's just just trying to see how good he can get. Um, and, but he's getting pretty good. I um, mean, he's played. Two two events on, uh, he's played a web event and then uh, the Punta Cana, and uh, I mean he, he hasn't performed as, as well as he did like in those events. He played Dallas this year, but he's showing just starting to show w- what he shows, um, if you like, not when he's playing events. And and he'll I mean he, he'll do well. He's just a, such a great guy. Can't say enough about about Tony Roma. Um, incredible guy. Very good to us. Andy, just a couple more before I let you go, and I want to switch gears to get a couple of playing lessons from you, and I want to start with short game. So if we're faced you know, with a shot where we're 100 yards out, no trouble in front, any of that sort of thing, we're just 100 yards out from the green. But talk about this the decision process. Not, I don't want to you know, talk about the club selection as much as more of, you know, talk about what, what we should be looking at, what we should be considering before we decide which club to pull out of the bag? Well, the majority of the people that I see playing amateur golf don't understand that the middle of the green is generally a good shot. And so um, they feel that they get it to within 100 yards and uh, now they're going to start to aim at the flag. And, you know, they're going to hit shots and very often not give themselves enough room for error. You know, look, there are... To hit a golf ball exactly where you want to hit it, it's kind of tough. And if you're playing golf once a week, uh, you're probably best not to, to go ahead and try that. So um, you kind of look at the go- at the green where the green is, you look where the flag is on that green, and then you kind of start to assess if the flag's at the front, guess what? You're not playing to the flag. You're playing to the middle of the green. You're going to go past the flag. So you club yourself to the middle of the green. Don't club yourself to the flag. Give yourself if you enough club to go to the middle of the green now, if you nuke it, you go ahead and hit your hit your best shot, career best. It might go five yards longer, and so now um, you're you're back of the green. But if you miss hit it, you're still on the green. You're, you're still you know you're not come up in the, whatever the trouble is short. Now it's maybe a different matter if there's no trouble short, 
and trying to assess where the trouble is and then hit your shot from there. I mean, I think that if everybody played to the middle of the green, even from 100 yards, you're going to shoot a better score. Andy, what about when we're a little bit closer to the green and we need to hit a pitch shot, whether it's over a bunker or over a pond, water, whatever it might be? A lot of times, you know, we get a little handsy, right? We try to scoop the ball. We try to help it up. How how can we do a better job with our setup ball position and hit that shot more crisply? Well, the, the problem when when people talk about scooping, scooping becomes a problem if you scoop the golf club in a straight line. Chris, who was just on talking about, you talked about the uh, the, the club swinging around in, in a somewhat of a circular motion. And that's very correct. And so for the golf club to swing um, to the left, obviously, there has to be um, a club swing down and to the right and then back up and to the left. Now, if you're trying to lean that shaft forward to keep the handle in front of the club at all the time, you're always going to be swinging down and to the right. You're taking loft off of the golf club and therefore, you know, what, what, what's the point of using a lofted golf club and now taking loft off of it? Now, if you want to hit a, a lower shot, go ahead and take a, um, like a less lofted golf club. Less lofted golf clubs hit the ball lower because they hit more at the side of the ball. Lower loft, uh, higher lofted golf clubs uh, hit it higher because they hit more underneath the ball. The contact point is under the equator, whereas 7 iron, 5 iron, you know, you're going to be hitting more at the, the side of the ball. And what the problem is when people play wedges is that they you see a lot of loft on a golf club and now they start feeling that they've got to get it um, up and, if you like, the golf club in a vertical motion. The golf club is shorter, makes someone swing more vertical, and so they start to swing more vertical. And then with that loft of the golf club and the vertical golf swing, the golf club has, uh, if you like, too, too narrow a bottom to the golf swing. And so too narrow a bottom a golf swing means that often the person starts plowing into the ground. When you have a lofted golf club, you want to swing that golf club much more around the, bo- around the body. So you're making that bottom of that golf swing as wide as possible. Now you can go ahead and let the loft of the golf club be the thing that hits underneath the, the equator of the golf ball. Not the, if you like, the plane of the golf swing that, that's, or the angle of, of the golf swing that, that's doing that. The lofter will do it for you. So you want a more rounded golf swing um, with your wedges than you do a more upright golf swing. Otherwise, you're going to start to uh, struggle to, to get good contact, uh, uh, repetitive contact on the golf ball. Andy, before I let you go, remind our listeners about your home course, the courses there at Waters Creek and the facility that you have available there. Yeah, of course, Waters Creek is uh, it's a great facility. Uh, I think it was voted the number one uh, practice uh, public practice facility in Dallas. Um, we have a, I mean, uh, it must be a 50 uh, station uh, grass uh, range. We have a six hole uh, golf course. We have a nine hole golf course, and we have an 18 hole golf course. We also have uh, two putting greens, uh, three chipping uh, greens. Um, it's it's a really good facility. Um, the city of Allen um, has, has gone ahead and, and made that a great facility for the people of the area. Andy, let our listeners know as well, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether they're following you online or it's on social media? Um, I'm just trying to think. Um, Plain Truth Golf, uh, sorry, PlainTruthDallas.com or PlainTruthGolf.com. Um, my Twitter account uh, is at trainer Andy and I'm on Facebook and I think Instagram is uh, a trainer 2012. Um, 
And I mean, just before I go, I want to say how great a show that you have. I've had some of my very good friends on here. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Roman, fantastic instructor at MPCC. And I know he's been in a lot of times. I know he knows you very well. And it's great to listen to you, to your shows, um, every week. Look forward to it. Um, you're going to have a great conversation with Ted following up. Um, such a good guy, <laughs> such a good guy. Andy, I can't thank you enough for that comment and for taking time out of uh, away from your your family to to come back and be a part of the show. It's always great having you here. I hope you'll come back much sooner next time. Anytime, Chris. You just say the word and I'll be back on. Pleasure to speak to you as always. Um, happy golfing to obviously all your uh, listeners. Um, keep doing great work on the show. It's fantastic. Thank you, Andy. Take care. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. You too, Chris. Take care. Thank you. Bye. See ya. That's Andy Trainer. T R A Y N O R is uh is how uh, his last name is spelled. At Trainer 2012 at Trainer Andy on uh, on Twitter. Uh, telling you folks the the great things that Andy is doing with the uh, with the folks that he is working with is absolutely spectacular. And the way that he is taking TrackMan data, the plain truth data, you know, or uh, the process, kind of marrying those two things together. And I tell you what. That last tip, and it's something that we've started to hear more and more on this show for, for those of us like me that are weekend hackers and we're out there playing, the best advice is to swing for, you know, the middle of the green. It's something that I've tried to beat into my own head. Like, look, I'm not good enough to go for the pin. I don't play enough and practice enough to be out there uh, pin hunting, right? Go for the middle of the green. If you happen to hit it a little light, you're still on the front of the green. If you happen to hit it a little heavy, you're still on the back of the green. But at the end of the day, you're on the green. So we're giving ourselves the opportunity to putt for more birdies and pars than we do. And that's great advice from Andy, and it's something that I am certainly taking to heart in my game. Look forward to having Andy back as part of the show again real soon.